Hey there, podcast listener. Steven here from the podcast you're currently listening to. You ever heard a podcast and think, I can do that? Well, maybe you can, or maybe you can't, or maybe I can help you get started with it. Hosting is the most expensive cost you'll have in a podcast, and that's why Anchor by Spotify is the easiest way to make a podcast. Really, they have everything you need all in one place. Anchor has tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. With Anchor's hosting, you can distribute your podcast to other listening platforms like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and a whole lot more. And if you think you can do a better job than I, record a podcast right now. There's very low risk involved. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. And best of all, Anchor is free. Download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started today. Welcome to the Lazy Geeks Network. It's funny because like when I'm looking at the when I was looking at the the lineup on um on the website because you know I have that little banner that goes across above the podcast and I'm seeing like Star Trek Star Trek Star Trek you know and I'm like wow it's like slowly becoming like a, a theme Star is Trek. forming yeah I'm seeing that and I'm, I'm sitting there going I'm thinking of going yeah so now we're gonna have a new po- a new Star Trek podcast where we're gonna talk about the conspiracy theories within <laughs> yeah. Star- the Star Trek universe. Now we have a Star Trek Online podcast. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> Will you guys calm down? <laughs> it's like you guys don't even play Star Trek comic, but that doesn't mean we can't talk about it. <laughs> the internet don't have facts yet; it still does stuff. <laughs> uh, all right, welcome everybody to the Lazy Geeks Podcast, our weekly geek news podcast to discuss news from the internet for the past week. This is for the week of October fifteenth, two thousand seventeen. I'm Stephen Vargas. I'm Adam Riley. So uh, this week, this week. This week. This week. Adam's in town. Yeah, I'm actually physically here. He's physically in the same room that I am. And and like he does the show when when we record, he is not wearing pants. No. And uh, I mean, I want him to feel comfortable, <laughs> but not to the point where I'm feeling a little uncomfortable. You know what's funny is, is, yeah, I'm wearing pants right now, but there are many podcasts that I'm not wearing pants. <laughs> I'm just sitting there and my boxer's like, what up? Oh my God. Hand down his, hand down his boxer's going, right. what's up? <laughs> if he could only see what I'm doing right now. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, um, even though we, I knew last week that we were doing it, but we didn't actually mention it on the show that you were coming down. So why are you down? Um, well, my ki- half of my aside from getting funky, right? Half of my kids last week, um, came with their their um, grandmother, so my wife's mother, and then we're coming to pick them up. So there's really nothing. <laughs> then you know, you can send them by UPS, right? That's what I, that's what I told her. Yeah, but um, I was gonna send the cages hey, out if the shit is comfortable for pets. 
they can be comfortable for children. That's, that's right. That's how it is. That's right. <laughs> but uh, no, yeah. So we came to pick him up. We rented a car, which has been a nightmare. And then, um, <laughs> yeah, uh, I was up till. Well, shit, we were up till five in the morning. But yeah. I was I was on the couch watching the original unaltered Star Wars while waiting for Adam to show up. And it was like almost four in the morning when you actually got here. Yeah, it was. Um, we were supposed to leave at ten in the morning the day before, and then the uh, the rental car place. I was going to put them on blast. Hertz. Yeah. Um, was just and one- not not to be confused with the uh, with the the Cree god Avis. Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, I might be hit, hitting up the the Krill god because fucking, <laughs> I it's one person will say one thing and then you do it and then after it was done they would be like oh no that's not how it is you know and <laughs> and now not only was the beginning of my trip shortened but we have to leave earlier too so it's it was a giant pain in the ass basically so and who did you rent the car from last because you came in a car rental last time right no oh no you didn't i just came in my car but um yeah so hurts no nah, I'm, I'm good hurts it's hurting yeah hurts hurting my uh my morale bro. <laughs> By the way, if you didn't see the uh, the last episode of Orville, that was pretty fucking yeah. funny. <laughs> well, you know, you know, with with him now going up there, he's on that uh, preferred line to uh, <laughs> right. He's gold gold <laughs> member, gold member. Yeah, yeah, because uh, they they actually kind of get into a little bit of the Cree because the Cree is like their Cleons. Mm-hmm. and uh, so are they Cree or Krill? Oh, Krill. Yeah, Kree, I think, I think it start, is Marvel, actually. I think the Kree is Marvel. Uh, but, uh, yeah, so the Krill. And they actually kind of get into them. And they just show them more as, like, uh, I guess, what, religious fighters, you would say. you know? Like, yeah, they're, like, religious fanatics. Yeah. And uh, we learn... They're space ISIS. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, they have a god, which they reveal is Avis. And, I, and the minute I heard it, I started laughing because I would, like, they get... I'm like, oh, really? They're named, and I was wondering, and it was like ten, like almost ten minutes into the show, where I'm just kind of like, really, you guys, you're not gonna, you're not gonna touch on that, and then finally one of them goes, is anybody gonna have the heart to tell them that they're worshiping a 20th century <laughs> rental car? <laughs> yeah, but that picture in their in their Bible was pretty metal, dude. Oh, that dude. was pretty, that was yeah. pretty fucking dope, dude. Although the uh, taking a picture of every uh, every page was a little like Cold War kind of shit. Yeah, I was like, just take the book. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, all right. So our main topic this week will be about the Justice League and Star Wars: The Last Jedi trailer. Yes. And uh, but before that, let's you know maybe we should talk about some headlines. You think we should talk about some headlines? Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Headlines might be good to talk about right now. So in main in uh, big entertainment news i guess i should say this week uh all you batman fans batman the animated series fans i should say with the come with the coming of warner brothers justice league it is obvious that batman is kind of everywhere right now if you happen to be at beyond fest last week you may have caught the big screen re-release of the 1993 batman mask of the phantasm not only that but warner brothers even released uh even released onto blu-ray this past summer Finally, the television series that started it all is coming to Blu-ray. Batman the Animated Series is being released on Blu-ray in a remastered collection in 2018 from Warner Brothers Home Entertainment, announced during the Batman Animated Series 25th anniversary panel at the New York City Comic Con. 
aside from the announcement for longtime animation publicist Gary Miluranu, um, there are no specifics like release date, price point, or f- special features. However, you can guarantee there will be more when we get closer to 2018. Yes. Um, the original series ran from 1992 to 1995 with the follow-up series, The New Adve- Batman Adventures, airing from 1997 to 1999 for a total of 109 episodes. The panel celebrated the show's 25th anniversary was attended by Batman voice actor and essentially Batman himself, Kevin Conroy, the new Batman Adventures Batgirl voice actor, Tara Strong, and Batman the Animated Series producers, Bruce Timm and Alan Burnett. Shortly after Batman the Animated Series, the um, WB released a companion series, Superman the Animated Series, and if you've never checked out the series, you're doing yourself a disservice. This is the series that gave us Mark Hamill as the Joker and introduced the world to Harley Quinn. I think you might have heard of her. Yeah, this is this is hands down my favorite cartoon, and I will definitely be picking up that Blu-ray set. <laughs> I know, I was best like, believe. Yeah, we were watching the uh, uh, Watch Mojo, and they had the best ten, top ten yeah. animated ep- uh, episodes from the animated series. And I just I was for, I forgot like a bunch of that stuff, and I was like, oh my god, I gotta rewatch that shit. Yeah, I, I think I can pick that shit up. Dun dun dun. <laughs> <laughs> dun 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 dun. <laughs> <laughs> um. So, Beetlejuice 2, Steve. The I, 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 I don't have words. Long-awaited and not much asked for <laughs> sequel to Beetlejuice. <laughs> um, the long-in-development, highly-anticipated sequel to Tim Burton's 1988 cult classic. Is reportedly getting a rewrite. Um, Deadline reports um, Remori... Re, what? Remori writer? Mike Volkodunovich... Volkodunovich um, has been tasked with penning Re- the horror comedy. Rememory. Is it Rememory? Yeah. Oh, I tried to fancy it <laughs> yeah, up. Yeah, no, I didn't. Um, he tried to make it sound more educated than it right. really was. <laughs> uh, Volkodinovich. <laughs> this Russian dude. Give him a give him an Asian name. He'll say it fine. I will, too. Um, also wrote the upcoming Disney film Mr. Toad's Wild Ride based on um, Disneyland Ride. By the way, so you see me with the uh, touchscreen scroll. Yeah, I okay, that. I got my a little new laptop joint on point. <laughs> um, though Beetlejuice 2 is being rewritten, Warner Brothers reportedly isn't close to um, firming up a deal with either Tim Burton or Beetlejuice himself, Michael Keaton. However, the duo who are currently working together on the upcoming live-action remake of Dumbo, which is another movie I don't understand... Um, are reportedly excited about potentially collaborating on Beetlejuice 2. Uh, Seth Graham Smith and David Katzenberg are set to produce the sequel back in 2015. Graham Smith, who was also the screenwriter behind Beetlejuice 2 at the time, said that his script was set in the present day and was written to include the return of Michael Keaton as a... What is that fucking word? Titular? Titular titular character people try too much um yeah so <laughs> they have they have a, a thesaurus uh app opened up on yeah it's like they use words that no one uses in normal conversation um yeah so i don't know how to, what to feel about this beetlejuice thing i i love the original t- beetlejuice i i always have oh yeah i wore out the tape when i was a kid yeah but and it's what made me and it, it sometimes when i when i 
forget about Michael Keaton. I always can go back to Beetlejuice and just remember, remember why I love him so much. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, I don't. I, I I'm not. I'm not looking forward to this, especially with the long string of uh, Tim Burton movies that he's been doing lately. I'm like, no, I'm not interested yeah. in Beetlejuice too. Low quality. Okay. <laughs> It'll be, it's a prequel. It'll be how he becomes Beetlejuice, which is. Oh my God, that would probably be it right there. That 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 actually could be a good movie. Could be. Could be, but, but probably I, I, won't yeah. be. <laughs> but I'm, I seriously doubt it. It will be. All right, moving on into uh, into gaming news. One of one of the pleasant surprises Microsoft had in store for E3 this year was the announcement of Xbox One backwards compatibility support for original Xbox games. At the Brazil Game Show, they caught uh, Gamespot caught up with. Xbox, um, Xbox boss, trying to throw in a little tongue twister there, Phil Spencer, who provided some insight into where things stand with the upcoming feature. Quote, we're close. We're really, really close. Now, was he referring to that or was he saying he was close? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, either way, good for him. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I ain't going to knock a dude's hustle, you right. know, I'm just saying, you know. Uh, Spencer said when asked for the status of Xbox com- uh, backwards compatibility, quote, I have a little dashboard I go to and I can see all the games and where they are in getting approval in the approvals in the pipeline. I know the games that are coming for the original Xbox, but I don't think we've announced them all. We have to do this in partnership with partner in partnership with partners, but we're still on track. I feel really good. The games look great. Spencer's was he Trump now? It's, it, it's going to be good. It's tremendous. It's, you're going. Everybody's going to love it. It's going to be great. Uh, Don't think, tell me how to feel, motherfucker. It, 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 people are going to love it, and it's going to be like A plus. I think they're going to give us A plus right. for this. Spencer also remains confident that the feature will be out before the end of the year, as planned. Oh yeah, he he said about his certainty of a 2017 launch. He also teased that there are still deals about backwards compatibility will work on Xbox One that they have yet to reveal. Quote, there's stuff we're gonna talk about in the space, um, in that space in terms of how compatibility is gonna work on Xbox One X specifically, that I think people will find pretty interesting. Some of the games hold up really well, some of them don't, but the gameplay mechanics and the smile you got on your face 15 years ago playing those games, those are things that are still there. I see it like going back to play and playing Crimson Skies. It's fantastic. And the game really looks good, even though it's obviously been around. Uh, Spencer is mentioning Crimson Skies as expected, as it's one of the two games, along with Fusion, uh, Fission, Fury, Fen- Frenzy. Yeah. Uh, we've been confirmed as part of the program, quote, we have multiple games up and running. We've decided to tease the first ones. Uh, Microsoft executive Dave McCarthy explained about uh, Microsoft E3's reveal of the first two games. There will be a library of games available for sure. However, you shouldn't expect the library to be as big as the Xbox 360 backwards compatibility games, which I expect. You yeah. Know, it's, it's because a lot of t- <laughs> 15 years ago, I'm sure there's a lot of those companies that aren't around anymore. Yeah. And, and, there were a lot of cool games in the original Xbox, but it doesn't have that nostalgic pull like some someone like Nintendo, Nintendo has. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, or even some of the Sony games, you know, from back in the day. Yeah, but even Sony. I mean, Sony has its library of PlayStation One games that are are memorable, but it's probably the same size as original Xbox. It's probably. Not, yeah. You know what I mean? Um, well, yeah, because you're dealing with Nintendo, who's been around since the '80s, right? So you know, Super NES, you know, hell NES Game Boy, shit like that. 
I still want that Game Boy Classic that we was talking about. <laughs> yeah, there's there's a little bit of a rumor going around that I would buy that shit. That 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 uh, Nintendo may be working on a on a Game Boy Classic. I wish they would make cla- like an NES Classic and an SNES Classic, but it was a um a mobile device. Mm. I would buy that. Just add a screen and a controller, and you're good to go. Well, we were joking around about saying like, yeah, you know, they're gonna make the uh, Game Boy Classic. But it's going to have like 4K resolution. Right. It's going to have HDMI support. HDMI in and out. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Why? Who fucking cares? Fuck it. <laughs> we don't give a shit. Did you, ever, did you ever plug the satellite into your Xbox? No, I never did. We could do that today. Yeah, we should try that We're shit. Gonna, we might try that today. Um, speaking of NES, the uh, three classic 8-bit NES adventure games are coming out soon on PlayStation 4, Xbox One, and PC. Um, packaged in a bundle called the 8-Bit Adventure Anthology Volume 1. Um, Abstraction Games will be releasing NES titles Shadowgate, The Uninvited, and Deja Vu on October 31st. And Shadowgate players explore the... There's a fucking word again. Titular? What the fuck? <laughs> Titular um, Evil Castle as the Seed of Prophecy. As the fate of the world lies in your hands. The Uninvited is a mystery thriller about finding your missing sister in a gloomy mansion after a dangerous incident on the road. Meanwhile, Deja Vu is set in 1942 and asks you to find who murdered a man in your office using your gun while you were seemingly unconscious. All three games were originally released in the 1980s. Um, I I never played Deja Vu, but I have played Shadowgate um, and... Uh, the uninvited and they're both fantastic and and it's a it's a genre of video game that doesn't exist anymore where it's kind of um you have to think it's it's almost like zork but there's some pictures you know basically oh, yeah. okay, it, okay. You're, you're going through an adventure and um and who's never up for an adventure right a, a bitch <laughs> which is not what i am you know? <laughs> no but um definitely if if the price is right i'm picking them up like because these are classic games i'm going to geek out on and and um shadow gates shadow gates kind of the um like the gold standard you could say um and it's 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 a it's a dungeon crawl uh D fans would definitely like it the uninvited is a little bit i'm looking at some screenshots it's been so long since i've yep there's the first screen right there because you crash into a tree <laughs> And then there's just, you go to the mansion, you're looking for your sister. I think I have played Deja Vu, but I don't remember. It's the same, it's the same exact engine, basically. Um, but yeah. No, I want to see that on that Frostbite engine. <laughs> you better step that game up. Yeah. Um, see, and I always thought games like this from this genre would be great on like a, a tablet situation or something oh, yeah. like that yeah, you I know see that. but yeah because if and because of the fact that one you're not using a whole lot of processing power and then it's at the same time it's still kind of interesting because on a tablet you don't need it to be right as as you know cutting edge as you know you'd want call of duty to be on a tablet cutting edge <laughs> titular oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh all right i guess moving on into comic book news oh uh, Marvel has released the first art for the upcoming Marvel 2-in-1 number 1 that reunites some of the Fantastic Four. The series uh, sees the Thing and the Human Torch working together to try and track down the rest of the team, which was scattered to the wind after the events of Secret Wars. This autoplay bullshit, guys. <laughs> My bad. 
of course, they run afoul of Doctor Doom, who has been doing his best to be one of the good guys, even going as far as becoming the new Iron Man. The art can be viewed over there at comicbook.com, which we have the um, the link in the show notes. Uh, and this article is coming from CBR. Offers a welcome reintroduction to both the Thing and Human Torch. The Human Torch can e- be seen casually striding away from a burning crash jet as a team of workers attempt to extinguish the flames. Naturally, he doesn't care about being on fire because, you know, he's the Human Torch after all. <laughs> uh, meanwhile, the Thing is getting fancied up besides Spider-Man. And the two have a casual conversation. There's no lettering in the art, so it's hard to say exactly what they're talking about. The next page is a quite change. Is a is quite a change, though. The thing is still in his tuxedo, but now he's basically going to war with Doctor Doom. The two clash, but it doesn't look like the thing will be for, um, able to handle his own against Doom in this solo bout. Marvel Two and One Number One is an ongoing series that recounts the fate of the Fantastic Four after disbanding. The series is written by Chip Zdarsky. With art by Jim Chung, uh, this is kind of leading into what people were thinking that this may be Marvel's way to reintroduce the Fantastic Four back into mm-hmm. the Marvel Universe because after Secret Wars there hasn't been either one of them. And Thing and Human Torch have kind of floated around, being part of you know uh, random shit. They haven't even had their own titles in that, so it seemed that it's that it was more of uh, Marvel's way to kind of give them some air. Yeah, and then introduce reintroduce them in a big way. And at the end of um, uh, Marvel Legacy number one, if you guys haven't read that, spoiler alert, it's been out for two weeks. If you haven't read it by now, you're probably not reading it. Mm-hmm. Um, Franklin and um, Valeria Richards appear in in space and are going are looking to go towards Earth. So no shit. Yeah, so it looks like that that may be their way of bringing them back into the fold. Right on. Speaking of coming back into the fold. Oh. Yeah, that's right. Segway. I'm distracted. Hold yeah. on. <laughs> You're always distracted. Right. <laughs> Jean Grey will be returning to Marvel Comics in December in a five-issue miniseries by writer Michael Rosenberg and artist Lineal Yu um, titled Phoenix Resurrection, The Return, Jean Grey. Quote, I've been an X-Men fan uh, for my whole life yeah is that what he said no that isn't what he said i've been an (laughs) x-men fan my whole life and gene is in my mind the true soul of the x-men so we aren't taking this lightly rosenberg said in the statement from marvel comics we're going to we're going for that perfect balance of universe shaking epic and intimate personal drama that only the x-men ever truly achieve this is this is all hands on deck for the x-men as every available member heads into battle for the soul of their team and maybe even the fate of the Marvel Universe. Uh, back dun, in dun, dun. right back in 2003's New X Men number 150 by Grant Morrison and Phil Jimenez, um, Jean died at the hands of Magneto, who was later retconned to be an imposter and has remained dead ever since. The Phenix Force. What, uh, what a comic book retconned a character? Yeah, what? it's really weird. It's like That's this a, new thing. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> the Phoenix Force, on the other hand, has gone on to cause all sorts of problems, most notably most notably a war between the Avengers and the X-Men, where it was extinguished by Scarlet Witch and hope to re- reignite the mutant. Oh. Titular. <laughs> it's because hope is the name of a character. They're not saying hope. Um, extinguished by Scarlet Witch it's and hope. Sim- it's a symbol, Adam. Right. 
to reignite the mutant race. Recently, it has it has returned as and been part of several storylines, including Thanos, the Mighty Thor, and Generations, the Unholy Thor, and the Mighty Thor number one. The latter of which uh, leads into Marvel's Legacy number one, where the Phoenix Force is a member of the Avengers one one billion BC. Mm-hmm. Um, there's also the matter of two. That was a cool intro, by the way. I'll get into that. After. Okay. There's also the matter of 2013's all-new X-Men story that brought teenage versions of the five original X-Men, Cyclops, Ice, Iceman, ba- Beast, Angel, and Jean Grey, to the present in order to save the future. These characters are still running around the Marvel Universe, trying to change their destinies and forge new paths. And for Jean, that means preparing for the inevitable return of the Phoenix Force and trying to prevent it from endangering the world and ending her life again. Generations Phoenix and Jean Grey number one saw this young Jean meet her adult counterpart Mm -hmm. um, thanks to the time warping power of Kobik, the sentient cosmic cube, and team up for a brief adventure to stop Galactus from eating an alien world. While the Phoenix represents all consuming fire and death, it also means life and rebirth, and that that reminder has been present in all these stories, perhaps implying that something good might come from its return the return of the original Jean Grey will have a big impact according to editor editor editor, editor, I'm fucking up today Um, (laughs) well that's what happens with like six hours slave right editor Mark Panica uh, who in the statement said this is just the beginning something this big will leave quite a footprint on the Marvel Universe Jean will have a startling new role after this and you're you're left wondering how will the rest of the X-Men respond what will happen to young Jean Grey? The miniseries will feature five different artists with you drawing the first issue. No details were given on who will draw the remaining issues. Phoenix Resurrection, the return to Jean Grey number one hits on December 27th. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, I read the I read that uh Marvel's Generation uh with uh Jean Grey and the Phoenix. Uh it was interesting because it was the young Jean Grey because I've, I haven't read that Bendis comic where he had the young X-Men go to the future and mm-hmm. see themselves. And a lot of them, especially like Scott and um, and Gene and stuff like that, didn't like what had happened. So they're trying to not be those people. Right. This Gene has kind of rejected that she's going to become Phoenix. And um, so it's been pretty interesting. It's been uh, it, it's an interesting dynamic. So they've really been kind of putting a lot of... Uh, um, what am I, what's the word I'm looking for? They're putting a lot of uh, um, a lot of thought into bringing Phoenix back, which is always cool as opposed to just kind of like, look, this person's back, and we have no reason why, and you know, they're a ma- amalgamation of whatever it right. was, so they're a different character or what have you. But it'll be interesting, and in Marvel Legacy, which is actually a pretty good comic, because um, it does kind of set up what's supposed to happen in the Marvel U, which. Um, is, is an, um, I hope you will read it at some point but um, they do set up that 1 million BC Avengers so yeah Phoenix and Odin fight together along with a 1 billion BC version of Iron Fist Doctor Strange and Black Panther wait this is uh, Marvel mm-hmm. no I'm not going to read it <laughs> no, I'm just kidding <laughs> <laughs> but uh, and it, it's it's funny because there's some good repartee between Phoenix and Odin like they they had something going on, mm. so it, it's kind of like. And I looked at it, and I think think Odin, and of course I'm thinking Anthony Hopkins. I'm like, 
Yeah, he would do her. Yeah, he would. He, he would so do oh, her. Oh, man. Multiple times. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> every, every orifice. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Moving on into tech news. And this is this could actually, because there actually was very little news this week, this could have actually been my what the actual fuck story. Yeah. Um, the IRS got a lot of flack from both ordinary citizens and lawmakers when it awarded Equifax a fraud prevention contract earlier this month. After all, they forged their partnership after the credit reporting agency revealed that it had recently suffered a massive security breach that affected 145 million Americans. Now, after reports came out that the adware installer lived in the agency's website, IRS has decided to temporarily suspend the 7.2 million no-bid contract. IRS commissioned Equifax to verify the identities of the taxpayers signed up for the secure access account, which gives people access to online tax records and transcripts on its website. Signups for the access uh, secure access accounts have been suspended as a result, but anybody who's already has one will not be affected. The government agency did not elaborate as to why it suspended the contract, but it could have something to do with the fact that a faux Adobe Flash installer, a security analyst found on Equifax's website. Hmm. After investigating the accident, Equifax admitted to Engadget that a downloader serving up malware lived in its website, but stressed it wasn't hacked again yet. Quote, Despite media, early media reports, Equifax has confirmed that its systems were com- not compromised, but and that the reported issue did not affect our customers' online distribute portal, or dis- dispute portal, a spokesman told in uh, told Engadget in a statement. The issue involves a third-party vendor that Equifax used to collect website performance data, and the co- vendor's code running on an Equifax website was serving malicious content. Since we learned of the issue, the vendor's code ha- um, was removed from the web page, and we have taken the web page offline to conduct further analysis. As for the IRS spokesman, uh, Matthew Lees said, secure access account holders have nothing to worry about. Yes, it froze the contract, but quote, there is still no indication of any compromise of the limited IRS data shared, end quote, with Equifax. He explained that, The contract suspension is being taken as a precautionary step as the IRS continues to its review. Why the fuck? You have a company. This just shows how inept our our government is. You just had... Well, I mean, it's the IRS, and the IRS got hacked, what, a couple years ago with all of that info? So I guess it's like, well, you know what? They didn't lose as much as us, so obviously they're doing something better, so let's go with them. It just doesn't make sense why you would go with a company that just had such a massive breach and apparently was very, very, um, uh, what's the word, uh, easy to fix. It was such yeah. an easy fix for them that they were just lazy. I mean, there were some reports that saying that, you know, they were still using password on some of those issues. Mm. And given how cheap Equifax is and how sketchy they are, I'm still, why are we using them as a credit bureau anyway? Um, the last place that I worked at didn't even use Equifax credit for, for yeah, you know, and what's it, the other one? TransUnion, TransUnion, and Experian. Yeah, yeah. I I I mix I mix up Experian with Equifax, but that's honestly shit because Experian's actually legit. Like they're yeah. they're one of the the best ones. I think it's because they both start with an E. I'm assuming that's probably yeah. Well, one. yeah. I know why I'm mixing them up, but. <laughs> 
Um, <laughs> our credit score system is dumb anyway, but it's what we got. The yeah, this yeah, has I been read, a big mess. I read a, a cool article on uh, Ars Technica that was talking about how our social security was supposed to be a way to identify us, but it's so antiquated now because you have to use it for everything. It's like it's supposed to have been our personal number that, you know, yeah. and then it's like, yeah, but you have to use it for everything. Banks require you to use that to log into their system. You know, you have, um, you know, credit bureaus and you have employment. Everything requires your social. Yeah. So it's like our social is not private. It's And the fact that it's taken this long to get that far is actually kind of surprising. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty much everybody knows my social security number at this point. <laughs> I signed into IGN. They were like, uh, "What's the last four of yours?" So, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, when I when I was you know going into Pornhub, they were like, "Can you verify the last four digits of your social?" I'm like, "The fuck!" Right. <laughs> you know too much about me. <laughs> so. Oh, we know. Oh shit. <laughs> Everybody's running to their Pornhub account right now, going, "Oh fuck!" Do they? <laughs> <laughs> Clean browsing history. <laughs> So Windows Phone is on its way out, which we all know, right? It, it's taken this long to make it official. And to be funny, it still think <laughs> to it, be funny <laughs> or to be fair, I think it was. Um, it still is one of my favorite stock um, OSs for a phone. I just thought it was a smooth idea. I never it was, used it, so I couldn't tell you. It was. It was just. It was one of those. It was completely customizable of where you put things, and you. So it's all on one page. It was. I, I don't know. I just thought it was slick. Um, but to no one's surprise, Microsoft's Joe uh, Bellafore recently confirmed its demise. In its place, the company has adopted a more pragmatic approach that in- embeds pieces of its Microsoft experience in iOS and Android. You can trace this st- strategy back to 2014 when Microsoft released a trio of Office apps for iOS. More recently, it's been ramping up with the launch of Cortana and an Android launcher, now in the heels of its iOS beta. We're getting Microsoft Edge for Android preview. Um, the company's default browser for Windows 10 is an uncluttered Internet Explorer replacement. It brings these design traits with with it to mobile, along with its core desktop features, including the hub and reading view. Best of all, Windows users can sync their browsing data and open mobile web pages on a PC with a tap. Like the launcher before it, Edge's synchronization perks should prove a boon for Windows diehards. Uh, you can grab the app by signing up for the preview on the Google Play Store, um, except expect an official <laughs> launch on iOS and Android uh, later this year, which may also include support for tablets. So I downloaded it, but I, I have to be honest, I haven't really had a chance to check it out. Um, but this this just makes sense. Um, I think their their phone failed, so like, okay, fuck it. You know, we we want to be on the the mobile. Well, we want people to use Edge. We want people to use Edge, <laughs> but then also too because they found out their PC community is not using it. <laughs> Microsoft knows that having the desktop experience be extended to the mobile is a necessity at this point. And if they, they tried it with the phone, it didn't work. So they're going to have to work well with everybody else. But I will say this, and I can't speak on Edge, but the pretty much the majority of the Microsoft apps for Android. I can't speak for iOS because I, I never used them. I think you did, though. You used the Microsoft apps on your when yeah. you had the iPhone for a while. High quality. Yeah. Uh, I didn't experience any crashes on anything. And one thing I did want to note is um, the... Well, it's called the Microsoft Launcher now, but it was called the Arrow Launcher. Um, the And it's it replaces your, your stock uh, look and feel 
of uh, Android phone. It is really good. Like it's it's um it's high quality. It's fast. It, it doesn't crash. I never had an issue with it. I prefer a different one, but that's purely for aesthetics. Right. Um, but yeah, Microsoft's doing some big things on Android and iOS, and I, and I like how they they were like, okay, you know, our tails between our legs a little bit with the Microsoft phone, but you know, we got to keep pushing. So let's let's get some stuff out there. It's funny because to me, Microsoft has always felt they've been pulling a bit of a Sony, and a lot of times they they they're trying to do this whole like they were trying to do this whole uh, Apple ecosystem. Right. But the problem was is and and I think we talked about it is that Microsoft Microsoft has always been fragmented. Their Windows operating systems, apps, all of that stuff have never been well integrated to one another. And they've always been you know, it's like, oh well this is compatible but not quite as compatible yeah. as this. And you know, it's it's like you're under the same fucking company. You should be able to have these things work well together. But as of late, like the Microsoft Office um, I've used their apps on the iPhone. I've used it on my iPad as well as my Android device, and they they work seamlessly. You know, yeah. with OneDrive, they all work well together. You know, I used to write articles on my phone, where I would open up a, a I would open up a Word doc, type uh, write up a Word story, save it in my OneDrive, and then get home and then post. You know, save it and post it on there. And uh, Edge has always just been something really weird for them because, I mean, it's. Technically, still beta, isn't it? Technically, yeah. You know, it's still beta, which is like, dude, you guys aren't Gmail. You know, well, here's the thing with me and Edge. The only reason I don't harp on Edge too much, and we've talked about it in a few other podcasts. Shut up. We <laughs> talked about it in a few other um, podcasts where it's like, oh, Edge is fucking up for this and that. But I kind of just leave it there in the, for that moment because there is a progression of improvement. It's slow, but there is a, a progression of improvement. And I do like what they're trying to do. Now, whether they can succeed or not, I don't know. But I do like this new uncluttered Microsoft. Well, that was the thing that I was, I, I, I think I was like, I kind of glazed over my own point. <laughs> <laughs> was the fact that because they're trying to do this like tight ecosystem, the problem is, is that when their fan base comes back at them, and says no because you've always you've done it this long they're quick to back off and say like oh okay well we'll make xp extendable for another seven years right. or, or what whatnot instead of forcing people to doing that because apple does it all the time like no this is the way we're doing this it. is the way we're doing it yeah. you just kind of kind of have to get used to it now given that you know and a lot of times it's going to be with issues like you know especially with os's you know, Windows 10, I think, you know, there's a lot of people that complain about Windows 10, but the problem is, is because the aesthetic is different from XP and 7. Yeah. Um, but then you got to remember that between XP and 7, there was Vista. Mm -hmm. And there was a lot of flack on that. I hated Vista. So, you know, and between Windows 7 and Windows 10 was Windows 8. Right. So there are aesthetic changes that they've made and because microsoft has made two in the last what 10 years you know it's it's kind of hard for people to kind of like say no last time you made a change and it fucked it up and it's true but i think microsoft needs to slow the slow its roll a little bit yeah and say like okay what is it that people like what can we do to change this because if you really look at, at also with um with apple is the fact that yeah they make changes like oh we got our new os fundamentals like the inners are different this is going to require this this is going to be that but the aesthetics is still kind of the same right it's still an uh it's still a a, a 
regardless of whatever leopard hamster whatever oh whatever <laughs> name they call it you know um you know pikachu whatever they call it <laughs> it's still it's still an apple os you recognize you look and immediately go oh that's an apple os yeah but microsoft needs to kind of decide what it wants to do force people there because they tried to do it with windows 8 and that was such a huge mistake to do yeah. it with windows 8 because not because of the fact that they tried to do it but the fact that what they were trying to do with touch screens yeah we're going to do it because it's touch screens because they, then, they lost they lost pack with their pc people right but on the other side too a lot of that in you could say innovation but a lot of that innovation for the touch screens and the, and the tiles and all that it's still present and it's used in windows 10 however it isn't so this is the way things are now right it's just in the background and, and i've turned on tablet mode on my desktop just <laughs> to see what it would do and i'm like okay it's stupid here yeah. um but I, I get you know it basically just turns your computer into windows 8 right which and is the, good for a touch screen and they were and they you know they were going so much you should turn it on on this touch screen laptop <laughs> but the thing and the thing is is that they were pre- expecting everybody to go that way but the problem is is pc customers don't go that way they're not apple customers they don't buy a new one when the other one is like oh i've had this for three years i'm gonna get the new i'm gonna get the new uh mac or what have you they don't do that with pc because of the fact of the matter is this with pc pcs will pcs will will last a long time yeah so it's like you know what's the point but it's just that kind of thing where i think if they make it more subtle instead of such a drastic change like they tried with eight i think it'll be easier but until they can actually play videos on edge without it crashing on me all the time yeah i think that will be that would be a nice little thing and that's that's i'd be curious to see Ooh, that's what we should try see about watching videos on edge on our uh, on our android system see if they uh perform oh, yeah. the same way that they did when we did the other one i mean i have it yeah. so I, i'll definitely try it today and get back with everybody but um or we may even uh bring it because we were talking about doing like maybe reviews and stuff like that on our just another podcast kind of like our you know kind of like a review show where sometimes we'll just do reviews and all this other yeah. shit in there but but yeah it could, it, we could have it as that but that because if you guys remember we did a couple weeks ago we did a an episode on browsers yeah, and um, and we said we used Edge. We liked Edge until it just would stop playing. Yeah, videos. I, I have. I honestly have no issue with Edge. Yes, they could have more add-ons, but it has the add-ons I need. Right. Um, and it it just yeah. Did it just, have UBlock? Yeah. Oh, it did have UBlock. That's where we discovered UBlock. Oh, that's right. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Um, UBlock Origins is definitely on there. If um, you if you hate hate ads, UBlock Origins is the way to go. Yeah. And then that means you're going to have to switch to uh, Firefox on your on your Android device. Or even your uh, iOS device, mm-hmm. because you can add extensions to there. And oh my God, it makes the it makes the mobile experience so much better. I wonder if they allow extensions for Edge on the phone. Uh, probably not. Probably not. But um, we're just look how long it took to get to the right. mobile. <laughs> so I mean, I kind of get it too. I was reading. You see Microsoft people going seriously you right. expect that come on look how long reading, it took to get on the browser i was reading an article a long time ago about and i kind of understood what they were saying and it was about how why it took so long for extensions for for uh internet explorer or edge and they said they didn't want the same issues that apple and other people have have had where you have malicious Success? no <laughs> malicious add-ons because Microsoft is is far more susceptible to malicious code because people make it all for them. Yeah, I got it. There's other ways for them to get around it. Right. But I got what they were saying. Yeah, but Apple. But you never hear malicious add-ons on Apple. Because nobody writes them for Apple. <laughs> no. Nobody cares. <laughs> That's not true anymore. <laughs> I know. But uh, but also, I mean, 
Google's had trouble with that. Google doesn't even have add-ons on their on their mobile device, which which sucks. Yeah. Because I can't use Chrome on. I love I like Chrome on my mobile device because it's actually is a lot easier to use on an Android device. The pro because it's Google, I mean, mm-hmm. obviously, but because um, I have you. And you already have it. Yeah. It's built into the phone. But I have uBlock, so I end up having to use Microsoft, which is not as I mean, not Microsoft, Firefox, which is not as easy it could be a little clunky sometimes yeah it, yes that's that's what i was trying to look for it was clunky on a on a mobile device and, and it just it makes it kind of hard to do i was using um i'm using an ipad when we do our shows and i was i've been trying to use my ipad more lately because i'm trying to justify upgrading when it comes around in, in january to the to uh the the new uh the new uh ipad uh, minis but um, the problem that I'm having with it is that I've tried using Firefox. Firefox is available, but for some reason, Firefox runs weird. I have uBlock on there, and I don't know if it's because it's having trouble reading it on an Apple device that when I'm reading an article, it automatically refreshes for some reason, mm-hmm. and then half the article gets whited out. So I can't read. Mm. Yeah, I can't read it, and and not just the ads. It's like the article itself. Right. And when I try to refresh it, it refreshes the same. So it is kind of it is annoying in that aspect. Um, however, when I use it on my Android device, I don't have that. I don't have that oh, issue. Oh, you're at all. using a superior device. You know? <laughs> <laughs> hey. But uh, but yeah. So um, yeah, I'll have to try it on on uh, Android and see how if it if it runs well, as shoddy. Edge came out on iOS before Android. So you could probably get it on that tablet. Oh yeah. So. You can try it on whatever device you want, really. Yeah, and see what and see what happens. Because I don't yeah. have Apple devices to try things on. Yeah, I can try them on both and then get back to you on that. That might be a project for us to use for, uh, for. Uh, I'll use Edge for a while. Yeah, yeah. Bother me. Yeah, yeah. Um. So, uh. But yeah. So, <laughs> you know, when they say like, oh yeah, um, running into malicious content, that comment just made me laugh because it's like, really, guys. That's yeah, it is a cop out answer. It is. But it's also I can see them sitting in a room going yeah i don't want to deal with that yeah so we just don't want to deal with it let's just make this work yeah and let's worry about the other stuff later but it is i am surprised because the um the speed at which they're going with edge isn't matching up with everything else yeah because they're going real quick with the with the innovation with all their other stuff for some reason edge is and you'd think that would be more important yeah but they seem to just be fucking going slow as shit to get it sorted out i i yeah it's almost like it's almost like they're using people from other departments to work on Edge. Yeah. And then, you know, they're like, oh, well, we need this work. Like, I'm, so- I'm from the lens department. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> um, I'm working on. Yeah, I'm. I'm I mean, I'm, I work on Internet Explorer. I mean, maintaining Internet Explorer. I don't know what you guys are trying to do with this. So I don't. It's like, well, you obviously fucking up with Internet Explorer. <laughs> so we're putting you on Edge. And that's like, go, hey, hey, hey. I know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, so I think that brings us to the end of the headlines. I'm finished. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So this week, um, two big trailers came out. Yes. Justice League and Star Wars, The Last Jedi. And... We couldn't think of a discussion topic. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to try to leave that out, but thanks anyway. I like to keep it honest. 
<laughs> the lazy geeks just trying to keep it honest. That's that should right. be the type of thinking. Uh, thinking so you don't have to. It should be just trying to keep it honest <laughs> with a meh emoji at the end of it. <laughs> Ill-informed but well-intentioned. That should be the tag. That's <laughs> <coughs> very true. Um, so, I think first off, we should hit. I think because in in this aspect, I think the the shorter discussion will be the Star Wars trailer. Yeah. So let's let's hit on that one first. Um, this is the first trailer we've got. While we've had like what three, four, not including teaser trailers for Justice League, which comes out a month before uh, for Star Wars. Right. We've had two teaser trailers and the the first actual trailer. I've been good with that because it does build up more of the suspense. Yeah. Uh, so then when the actual trailer comes out it's a bigger event and I know when they released the trailer was also okay now you can buy tickets online which Patrick again is doing that marathon that's on the fucker dude <laughs> he just I was like he's like have you ever done that I'm like no because I like to shower and shave at times you know it's like mm-hmm. I, I couldn't do you know eight movies and I don't even know if they're including Rogue One because technically it's still kind of part of it but I know they're just doing basically the trilogies so yeah. it's like that's eight movies in a row. But you could. Rogue One does fit. Right. That's the thing is yeah. because Rogue One kind of sets up episode four. Yeah. Could you? They start with Rogue One. Right. They start with Rogue One and then get in there. But um, it's like, yeah, it's basically episode four and then episode 4.5. <laughs> right. <laughs> it was really what Well, if they were doing a, a full, if, if you're going to go watch Star Wars movie marathon, I want it to be episode one, two, three, Rogue One, four, five, six, and then the new ones. Right that's the way to do it well yeah that's the way to do it um but uh actually i i I was really visually impressed with this trailer the use of contrasting colors was like really pronounced the because we've seen the posters with like the red where everybody's kind of draped in red see a lot of red Mm -hmm. in this but it also with a hard contrast either white or black or even, you know, it just like it just seems that there is a, a red motif going on within the story, which makes it interesting because, you know, red, it, it, it can go either way. It's aggressive. Aggressive, or it could be, you know, aggressive, you think like anger, love, you know, mm-hmm. hate. It's very strong emotions, a power color, really. Yeah. You know, I mean, there's the one shot of it, like you've seen the, um, like the red ground, and then you see like the white soldiers walking mm-hmm. over like that. You're just kind of like, it's such a vibrant and visually like, captivating set so i'm kind of very intrigued on the use of it and how it actually folds out into the stories because yeah. it, it seems the story is going to be more focused on kylo ren and um and uh uh ray so you know and and there's the big that i know everybody's talking about that big uh oh well it looks like somebody's going to turn to the dark side you know it's like going no yeah it, it it's not you can tell there's a it's two different scenes you know, but that's what a trailer does. It's supposed to give you to go what? Yeah, you know? so you go try to figure it out at the movie, right? Yeah, you, that, and we were talking about that today because we were watching it. And it's 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 obvious that they're in two different areas, like they're right. not in the same place. I I I, I would put money on Ray says that to Luke. Yeah, and that's that would be my bet. Yeah, too. and and Luke it looks hesitant to complete her training because she has a lot of power, and then he has experience with with kylo and then he has experience with his father right you know and that those are the two people that have had that and him there's only three people that have had 
that we've seen have that crazy level of power over the force. Right. And two out of three are evil. Right. You know, so it's kind of... And then he makes that thing. He's like, I've seen that kind of raw power before. Yeah. It didn't scare me before, but it's like, scares the fuck out of me now. You know? <laughs> I'm out, motherfucker. <laughs> I could have sworn I saw him throw deuces, I, uh, but, you know, I may have to try to... Double deuces. <laughs> <laughs> but uh you know that that could be part of it i don't know you know we'll have to kind of see um but uh it's it's just it's very it's it's a very interesting trailer i i've liked it patrick has been like what do you think about it what do you think about it what you know because you know him and i are full star wars nerds so you know we were talking about and talking about it and it's just and because we're both doing the the other podcast and we're and so now when we're looking at that we're always already kind of opened in in those other yeah. aspects of like going oh the coloring and the way the the, the the certain things were framed and all of that it looks like it's going to be it looks like it's going to be along the same lines of kind of empire but it's going to be more of a stylized empire which i right. think is going to be kind of cool like hey of, i'm a star wars fan too hmm. maybe not as hardcore as you I'd probably say definitely not as hardcore right. as But me. we talk about that Star Trek. Yeah. <laughs> Star Trek's another level. Get on my know? level. All right. <laughs> like, like we were joking earlier about like doing more Star Trek podcasts. And like, cause we're, cause we do like last week was, well, cause the week before we did just another podcast, which was the first two episodes of Star, of Star Trek Discovery. Then we did the mini sode and yeah. then we had the away, our regular away team. And I, and we're like, yeah, I've kind of seen a, kind of a pattern forming here we're like now we're going to do uh we're going to do the conspiracy theories within the star trek universe you know we're going to start talking about is kirk really spock's father it like (laughs) makes no sense but it's going to be one of those that you're going to like spend three hours on and stuff like that i wouldn't mind a star wars park but they're there's not enough movies yeah you know it'd just be movies because there's no other content with star trek it's always easier to do because you have although star wars star wars counts their books as canon star trek doesn't that's true so um it's like star trek it's extended canon it's really dumb um but you could do books, but I'm not gonna read a bunch of books just to so we can do podcasts. Fuck that shit! I ain't reading. I books. mean, I read, bruh. Okay, <laughs> I ain't reading books. I'm reading you. shit. <laughs> you know how many paper cuts I get by flipping pages? <laughs> uh, but um, but yeah, I, I, I'm very very intrigued by by the Last Jedi. I yeah. think it's gonna be it's gonna be kind of it's gonna be cool. And I death, I think we're gonna kind of like. I don't know it just it's it's kind of set up because i know like force awakens everybody talk complains about like well, it was just a new hope again after the prequels i was happy with that because it, it felt natural it felt like a star yeah. wars movie as opposed to like the prequels it was almost like it was resetting the tone yeah kind of going okay this is a new this is new people doing this but and- isn't too like it kind of fits in the, the whole history always repeats itself kind of thing oh, yeah. like I the mean, same things happening yeah. you know yeah, exactly, and it is kind of that's that same thing, and we kind of see that with uh, Battlefront Two, mm-hmm. where you know it's like the Emperor and Darth Vader dies, and then the still because you're kind of like, well, what happens to the Empire? I mean, probably prim- primarily if you're not reading the books, because I know the books go into a lot of a lot of that stuff to try to set canon. Yeah, um, and that the new books are all part of canon now, but it's kind of like, yeah, because what do you think of like all the people that were part of the Empire just like, oh. All right. Well, I guess I'm going home now. 
you know right. it's like you have other people that are like no we gotta finish what they started you know and and continue on so i think that's kind of cool with battlefront 2 kind of taking it to the dark side mm-hmm. you know and that may be in correlation to the the movie because in in essence you know with empire movies are always the second one's always darker yeah you know except with the prequels because the third one was darker because it was setting up for the other ones um but the other trailer that came out justice league. justice to the league which the trailer had a a title it was the heroes trailer yeah yeah which trailers are starting to become just as important as movies <laughs> Well, it's we're having teasers, just teasers for the trailers. You know, it's like tomorrow, right. the trailer. You know, see it tomorrow. It's like, okay, <laughs> but you can just play the trailer and right. calm down. You, just, you know, and we're even having little intros into the trailers themselves, where you have the little Justice League trailer, and right. then the trailer comes in. And you're like, just show me the green screen and go right. You know, the green. This trailer has been approved by all audiences right. and get into the trailer i don't need this extra or bullshit. the red screen oh the red screen. yes <laughs> those are the those real are good the, trailers every time i see the red screen, i'm like going okay it's either an, a raunchy comedy or it's something with ryan reynolds you know yeah. it's like usually one of the two or or a hangover ripoff which is yeah they make a lot of those they make a lot of those but the thing is is now we're getting those the the, the reverse of it we're getting the the bridal shower ones yeah. where like night out everybody's going to have a, a woman's bride which i okay i get it you know we we have this but it's just like it's like a steady stream of them because you know i was viewing one of those sites uh the voldemort sites you know the ones you can't name right um and i was looking at some of the list of movies and i'm like okay 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 these are all female bachelor party movies i'm like okay so we've reached the 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 ripoff of the original hangovers 10 years later yeah you know it's like oh okay it's like they try to make a bachelor party movie genre and they just keep trying yeah you know i mean then you have those you have the the and because now we've have the african-american versions with the um oh god what was those sets of movies that came out um there was those ones where they went like they had two movies where i think uh, kevin hart was in both of them um where they had bachelor parties in Vegas, you know, and they had two of those movies, and now they had one with Scarlett Johansson, and they've had another one with uh, with Jada Pinkett Smith, and it's just like, oh my god, okay, we need to kind of like we get it, we get it, you know, yeah. it's like sl- slow it down now, you know, it's like it's almost like the studios had a pitch meeting for we have uh, we're today's open pitch day for anybody with like a bachelor bachelorette type of party, so go. And then like, okay, you, yeah, go to the next, okay, no, 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 that one, okay, yeah, go over there. It's like, yeah. they just. Well, I mean, it's got to be an easy movie to, to make, too, because you, you basically just have to have um, good comedic writers. The plot doesn't have to be all that big. Or good improvisational actors. You're right, good actors that can do improv. Um, and then you're done. Yeah. You know, it's it's not. And we film in Vegas. Right. Which, we'll do the exteriors in Vegas and we'll shoot the rest on the back a lot here in Burbank. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Uh, we've cracked the code. <laughs> uh, but anyway, back to Justice League. Um, trailer was different. Yeah. I felt it was very hopeful. Like, it had this yeah. kind of, like, hopeful tint to it that we didn't get with the last Snyder trailers. And a lot of more color. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was a. Uh, it was brighter, even in the darker moments. It was brighter. Um, you can you can tell that um, DC and Warner Brothers is trying to very slowly move it into a tone that is going to fit a little bit better for all audiences. 
Um, cause right, right now the movies are diehard DC fans, yeah. you know, um, which is fine too for me, but I think it's fine for everybody else, but I'm, I'm kind of digging it. And then, and then also too, and I me- I mentioned this to Steve earlier, you have, um, characters like the flash and Aquaman. It's kind of difficult to be so dreary all the time. Cause they're more upbeat characters, right. especially flash. Oh yeah. Um, Barry Allen does not, he's not crying all the time. Like he's, he's making jokes and stuff like that. And we definitely saw that in the trailer a couple times and. Um, Wonder Woman's still hot as the sun, hmm. so and you can't be depressed around her. No, <laughs> I just mentioning it. I'm I feel better <laughs> in my pants. Right? What? <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I it, and yeah, because because there's a lot of a lot in that trailer where if you looked at that trailer and you looked at the the trailer the teasers and stuff before, yeah, every scene was dark. It was always cloudy. Even the fight scene between the the um, Steppenwolf's I'm assuming Steppenwolf or, or, or um, uh, what's his name? Uh, yeah, I guess you know yeah, Steppenwolf's creatures and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. It was always kind of at night. There was a lot of explosions, and and then now you're seeing more of an orange landscape, more of more of a landscape that we saw from uh, BBS when Superman when Batman was caught. Remember by mm-hmm. Superman's forces. Um, which is something I forgot to mention in that podcast when we did that review of the last one. Uh, there's a scene where you know that you have Batman being captured and then he's waiting for Superman and Superman slices everyone except Batman. Batman's in his cowl, in his cowl. You see his eyes in this black, you know, as they do when they have masks. They mm-hmm. put black around there. He rips the mask off of and exposes Bruce Wayne's face no black I make around his eyes. Well, Batman has developed a uh, dissolvable <laughs> oh my God. instant dissolvable eye makeup. Wow. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. Yeah, a little a little mistake from the uh, right. filming crew. Because, well, you see it in all the other shows, too, like uh, uh, Arrow, and most of the Arrow characters, you know, they take the mask off and suddenly the, the black makeup is gone, and you're just kind of like, what? Because how dumb would they look? Right, walking around. So they wear black makeup around their eyes. They look like raccoons and shit. <laughs> you see, you see Oliver Queen digging through the trash. Right. <laughs> He's a trash panda all of a sudden. <laughs> I love that line. <laughs> Is that better? No, it's so worse. <laughs> um, but you know, I mean, it 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 looked a lot brighter. And we made the joke because Jason Momoa just looks like he's having so much fun yeah. that we're like, he's not playing Aquaman. It's just Jason Momoa. Right. And that, and we started laughing because we're like, Jason Momoa is Aquaman. <laughs> right. Like, there is not as Aquaman. He is Aquaman. And that, I, I love Jason. Anything Jason Momoa's in, I enjoy. Right. He's just, so. you know, where he's like, the ride's not over yet. My man. <laughs> <laughs> well, and, and then when they met Gordon, he's like, dressed up as a bat. I dig it. You know, yeah. it's like you're like going, okay, because I'm reading, I'm reading Arthur in in you know the current run of of uh, of rebirth books doesn't kind of sound like no, that. He's very regal. He's very regal. Yeah. And this one, you're just kind of like, my man. <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> but there was a run of Aquaman. I don't think he was so lighthearted, but the long haired Aquaman, he yeah. was more gritty, and so I think that's more what they're going with. But but also they're trying to soften him up a little bit, and he's going to be a little take bit more a little funny. more, you know, take it a little more serious. Where right. he's not talking to fish. Right. <laughs> they Which, already explained that Steve that he doesn't talk to fish. 
they are not sophisticated enough to hold a conversation. That's one of the things I loved about Rebirth when they when they did that with Rebirth Aquaman, and you're kind of like, now all these jokes, every joke that we all made about Aquaman based off of the Super Friends uh, television series, right? Uh, and then they just kind of he doesn't do any of that, you know. He's does he? It's this, and they kind of rationalize love, and you're kind of like, okay, they owned it. And well, they like, turned it into a prejudice. Yeah, like people had these um, these ideas of Aquaman in the comic on, on the surface world, and then he was like, "What?" And yeah. I think it was Mira who said um, to someone in, in one of the recent comic books, "He's like he doesn't talk to fish." Well, it was Mira that was narrating that that rebirth of Aquaman, yeah. and you could hear her talking about because she's saying he he he, and you're kind of getting that. Oh, okay. So, but I love the fact that they they did own up. They they owned it in a way of saying like yeah you guys said this about this guy but it's really not like that it's just like you know so i i kind of dug that because of the fact that the way they just said like yeah and then this, these he doesn't he doesn't talk to fish he orders fish right to do something <laughs> so you see him sitting there playing cards with like a bunch of seahorses and like right. you know you know a bunch of different amphibians there but it was it's just it was very interesting to 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 see that but you know uh, to me Barry Allen's going to be the comic relief. Yeah, obviously. Obviously, and well, I think I think Barry Allen's going to not only be the comic relief, but the everyman, the the yeah. one that he's going to be our us. Yes, he's going to be the audience, yeah. and um, I think Jason Momoa is going to be <sighs> Jason Momoa. Yeah, that's really that's <laughs> you really can't all you can't do, you can't just and and for those people that are like, well, Jason Momoa is me. No, shut up. <laughs> you wish none you of wish. us are Jason Momoa. Right. It was like uh, Chris D'Elia, where he's like going, "Yeah, you know, people that sit there and go, yeah, my life is going to be Denzel.' You think you're Denzel in this life? Like you're going to walk away from a fucking car exploding behind you, yeah. and you're going to look as cool as Denzel? No, you're going to be the guy going, ah, you know, he's riding. Denzel like, isn't Denzel. Yeah, like it's it's so it's so elevated of a character. <laughs> no, I think Jason Momoa is going to be that. He's a tough guy, but he's having more fun with it. I right. think the like Wonder Woman and Batman. Um, are very serious when they fight cyborg i don't know honestly. cyborg is gonna i i like the look of cyborg yeah um i like cyborg as, as, a, as character a character too. yeah um i'm just i'm curious to how he's going to be played he will definitely be more of the heavy because he's going to have that he's a heavy hitter he's yeah. a heavy hitter because of the fact that you know he was a teenage call it a teenage high school kid he that, also has cannons on his arm right you know. and you know nearly died but then ended up becoming part of this machine depending on which depending on which candidate well, cyborg's interesting too because he's also the tech guy yeah because he can link with with different computer interfaces he he's, by the way very badass if you played the injustice game oh yeah he's, he's so fucking cool badass that. but yeah him in the um justice league cartoon um not teen titans the new teen titans please stop <laughs> um but i've always the comics i've always loved cyborg he, he's such a great character um. So I don't know what he's going to be in this group, and I also don't know where he is in the timeline. Yeah. Because since everybody in the DC universe is in a different spot in their timeline, um, Flashpoint. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but I don't know. Did he just get? Did he just become a cyborg? Yeah. Because when we see in BBS, we see the video of the cube. You know, putting together cyborg. How old is that? You know. Yeah. yeah so, and that's the problem that you have with. And that's always been my problem with DC in regards to their universe is because you have Super or Man of Steel, then you have BVS, 
and the introduction of Wonder Woman, and then we have Wonder Woman, which takes her back. It's kind of like, in a lot of instances, it would have probably been better. And I, I understand you're copying Marvel by doing that, but it's like, I think if DC actually went ahead and, and actually did their origin movies first, yeah, and then bring them together, it would make more sense. As opposed to like, okay, we give Superman his... We bring Batman in and Wonder Woman in, and then we can just kind of throw everybody else in there. I think the good thing, though, is Justice League is going to force all that to align because they're all on screen together. Yeah. So they, they have to be part of the same timeline. They're going to have to define where they are and when they started and stuff like that. So I'm happy with that with Justice League. Justice League is going to forcefully organize the DC Cinematic Universe. And from what I've been reading is that DC is going to attempt to, uh, or Warner Brothers is, is kind of pulling off the whole interconnected movies yeah and do more of like you know uh, uh do more you know movies based off story and, and and characters which inadvertently will be bad because you've already kind of setting up with all the movies we've been talking about on, on just another podcast you're setting up all of these and then you're just kind of like okay now we have justice league and we're going to kind of break see i think it'd be cool if they if they focus more on the character that's in in there because if you look at the way Marvel is right now, there there isn't a Marvel movie that isn't super connected with all the other ones, which is cool. Justice, I mean, um, Justice, uh, Guardians of the Galaxy is probably the most remote, right? And that's only based on where they are, yeah, in space. Um, now the, but even then, they have the, you I mean, know, they have the, Thanos. But they're talking about Thanos. So it's it's still connected, just they're too far away to be directly infe- um, affecting anything. If DC does that, where they're where it's kind of like Wonder Woman, where no one else was in it, maybe. You can still have a quick cameo, kind of like Suicide Squad. Like you can, you can have Batman in there real quick, right. but he's not a heavy aspect of the of the story, you know. And then you still have or it, overplay the Joker, right? So you still have a, <laughs> you still have it a, a DC cinematic universe, right? But it's not so fucking dependent on this and that and the other thing because there was a period, and this is my opinion. There was a period where I loved all the Marvel movies, but they basically just all felt like the Avengers because they everything was so connected. Mm-hmm. The Captain America movies especially and stuff like that. It, everything, it, it wasn't bad by any way. It's just one way of doing it. So I, I think DC can pull it off if they pull it off. You know what I mean? But there's nothing wrong with having it. In five it. years, we're going to have a crisis of infinite earth, earth right. where they're going to straighten out their timelines. and then. Well, we have to think too. We have characters that are that haven't even been introduced yet. Green Lantern being a big one. Yeah, which is, you know, it's like, okay, where's Green Lantern going to fit in? And Green Lantern isn't just a character. He comes with an an entire universe of possibilities with things. You know, the Green Lantern Corp and and just all of the species and other lanterns that are in that that mythos are now going to be shoved into the DC cinematic universe. So that's it actually when I think about that it makes sense that they left that for last. I thought you were, I thought you were saying and now thinking about that it suddenly got aroused. <laughs> that happened as well. <laughs> so I just didn't think I needed to say it. <laughs> no, I can see it from right here. <laughs> hey. Uh um all right, so do you have anything else to talk about Justice League or No, I just, just I really like the uh trailer. So, yeah, I mean, for I, both of them, for, yeah, I thought it was. I, I mean, I'm looking forward to it and just really hoping, you know, that that we get something a little, a little better than what we've got. Right. 
All right, so I think that brings us right into our what the actual fuck section. What? <laughs> what? <laughs> so mine comes from comic book resources, and this was just funny. Um, and you'll find out in a second. It's a bird. It's a plane. No, it's actually just a guy who jumped through a window trying to steal a comic book. Mm. So a pet a. So, like pretty much the opposite of Superman. According to a report from PIX11, a daring daylight caper took place in, at the Times Square's Midtown Comics in New York City. Apparently, a 24-year-old man who was trying to steal a comic book tried to avoid the shop security by taking the most direct route right through a second-story window. Naturally, the man was injured and transported to Bellevue Hospital, but not before he tried to scramble his way to a nearby van. He was taken into custody by police before he could get away. The main motivation for the attempted robbery is unknown as the title of the comic that would warrant such a drastic uh, drastic and been, costly egregious. It might have been an old school one, like in a case or something like mm. that. Midtown Comics is located is the and Times Square's largest comic book shop in the world. This Times Square location, just one of three retail shops. The chain is, also has an online shop. Opened in 1997, the store is massive and frequently hosts signings and celebrity appearances. While the size of the store might lead some thieves to think it's an easy mark, that assessment is up in the air. Um, it's funny. I actually used to order comics from them. and um, I've always wanted to go to Midtown Comics. I would love to go to Midtown yeah. Comics. It looks like it'd be cool, but I, I did order comics from them. Um, because they give you a pretty good deal when you buy new comics, they automatically like twenty percent off. Yeah. Um, and uh, and packs and boards. Oh. Yeah. Uh, but I always I was cracking up when I heard this story because in my mind I kept I kept thinking that the dude was running and all he kept hearing in his head was. And then as soon as he as soon as he jumped out the window, he just heard. Dun, 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 dun. Like you fucked up. Yeah. And he he jumped out the window and went to reach for his utility belt and found that it was just his belt. Right. <laughs> it was a Wrangler uh, brown belt. And then when he hit the floor, the guy, the cop picks him up, and goes, "What are you? I'm a dumbass." Because <laughs> <laughs> I want to know what comic he stole. It had to have been something like first appearance of or something yeah, like that. Like, yeah, because like, it's Midtown. Midtown has a lot of. I think they have a um. First appearance of Superman in that shot. Probably, but it's just kind of... Well, you figured that's in a case was a smash and grab like kind of job yeah. that he would do. Because otherwise, it's like going, dude, you stealing... You, dude, you, you stole the second edition variant of Marvel Legacy. Number right, one. like what are you doing? What are you doing? Yeah, what are you doing? I, I got that at CVS down the street. What are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> Bro, you, you just... You just stole a reprint of the first issue of uh, Captain Planet. You need to calm down. Okay, please calm down. I bought that at the dollar store the other week. It's a reprint. Okay. That first issue of Howard the Duck you went for? Was now, wait a minute, wait the, a minute. Wait, 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 wait. Was, was the reissue from a couple years ago. Oh. It wasn't the original. It looked so much like fuck. And it wasn't even the variant cover. <laughs> mm. Mm. It had the, they had this, the the uh, the pencil sketch right next to it, and you took the other one. What right, the fuck? Right, right. <laughs> Howard the Duck himself was there. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> so this one, 
this is one of the stories I just read, and the whole time you kind of have your mouth open, like, what? You're fine? <laughs> You're confused. Right. <laughs> New evidence points to Russian interference in Pokemon Go. Oh, among, I heard about among that. Among other popular online services. A report from CNN claims Russian political meddling used YouTube, Tumblr, and Pokemon Go to sow discord among Americans. It's not quite as cut and dry as planting a hard to find Pokemon somewhere and hoping to gain intelligent information from a hapless NSA Pokemon Go addict. <laughs> In fact, um, the meddling was more of a bait and switch as far as Pokemon Go is concerned. According to the report, Pokemon Go wasn't directly changed, but rather game assets were appropriated and misused in promotions by third parties, according to a statement in the report from Pokemon Go creators uh, Niantic. Niantic also told CNN Pokemon Go was not and cannot be used to share information between users, so it's not possible for any intelligent agents uh, to use it for identifying users. Mostly, the whole report is weird and bizarre, and basically <laughs> path of the course for 2017. Pokemon Go's Equinox event wrapped up earlier this month. During the event, players earned double the Stardust for catching uh, Pokemon or hatching eggs. Yeah, I just read it and I was like, huh? Like, and honestly, if if Russia influenced our society by infiltrating Pokemon Go, congratulations. Like, I don't even know what to say. It's some pretty thinking outside the box shit. I mean, I, I heard about that and I was like, really, guys? That that's what they're using to, like, infiltrate the U.S.? We're using Pokemon Go. So, but it makes sense, so, though, because everyone was playing it for a little bit. Yeah, but, like, oh, well, well over a year ago, like, before the election. And then it just... Like everything else, it it faded. Well, maybe their government is behind just like ours. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I mean, they do issue, uh, uh, you know, in, um, security contracts to right. companies that just got hacked. Well, no, knowing our government's like, we really need to know how to reach out to the kids. I heard they're really into these things called pogs. Maybe we should, maybe we should make them. <laughs> Dumbass. Well, you know, I mean, let's, let's install NSA software on Tamagotchis everywhere. <laughs> Tamagotchis. You know, my uh, uh, my kid said something a while back, and I thought maybe if we could do some kind of, like, tracking software and what were they called? They're called Cabbage Patch Dolls? Yeah. You know, I mean, how old your daughter? Oh, she's 35 now, but, you know, she was into these dolls when she was somebody a kid. Somebody in so. the back, somebody in the back's like, I rap Garbage Pail Kids, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> I, take, I take one of your Cabbage Patch and drop you three Garbage Pail Kids, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so but that's just it's to me. I was just like, I mean, yeah, it's kind of at the point where you're kind of like, that's kind of ingenious, but at the same time, you're kind of like, it's also weird as fuck. Yeah, like what? What are you doing? So, Steve, mm-hmm. now it's time I to would just, say good. Wow, I was just thinking that in my head too. I'm not gonna sing that though for copyright issues. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that's the end of our episode. Uh, please rate and review the show on iTunes because we like you when you do it. Want to catch our back catalog? You definitely can on Stitcher, iTunes, iHeartRadio, and Google Play Music, as well as our website, thelazygeeks.com. If you want to suggest stories for the show, you can definitely hit us up on Facebook or our Google Plus pages. Uh, We're on other social media outlets as well, like Twitter and Instagram, all under the the moniker, thelazygeeks, all one word. We want your feedback as well, so definitely hit us up on any of those or on our website, thelazygeeks.com. And it, at our email bag at theglazygeeksnetwork at gmail.com. Our titular mailbag. Our titular. <laughs> t- 
titular, titular. <laughs> and you can also find me on the interwebs on Twitter at a middle age geek, Instagram middle age underscore geek. You can check out my other podcast every Wednesday, the Extended Play Movie Podcast. Uh, this week is we're continuing our film composers, and we're talking about Alexandra Desplat. And if you don't know who he is, uh, you definitely probably seen his um, the movies he's done. So check us out. Uh, you can grab you can grab it on iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play Music. You can follow my uh, uh, you can follow my Facebook page, facebook.com slash geek or check out my other musings at themiddleagegeek.com. And you can find me on Twitter <laughs> at sapientlg. And be sure to tune in on Friday for our. The Cheap Seats Podcast, where we will be continuing our DC coverage, Suicide Squad, oh. and also our mini-sode that'll, pro- that'll be out this week as well for episode five. I'm fucking giving up on them goddamn titles. Yeah. yeah. You know. Uh, so, yeah. So, episode five will come out midweek. And you'll be able to hear us recap and discuss the next episode of Star Trek Discovery. So, that is it for us this week. And from Lohanulis. Uh So, until next time... Peace out. has been a production of the Lazy Geeks Network, available only at thelazygeeks.com.